Hello! You may have already gathered from the title of this episode uh, that if you know this theme tune... ...then you may want to stick around, because that's what today's episode is about. Welcome to Stephen Speak the Podcast. Unscripted prattle on everything and nothing. Yes, uh, hello and welcome to this episode all about the Crystal Maze. Um, yeah, the reason is because, um, well, firstly, the Crystal Maze was freaking epic and me and Sarah were watching, I just saw on YouTube, I was going through YouTube, and there was like a full episode of Crystal Maze from the Crystal Maze YouTube channel, which presumably is run by Channel 4. Um, it had like a whole episode or two of the original Richard O'Brien and Ed Tudor Paul uh, episodes. It didn't look really much further than that. There's a few of the modern ones and stuff, but anyway, we'll get to that. And I had to watch it. I had to watch it because I absolutely... Loved this game show when I was a kid. It's if you don't know what it is, I will explain. So hang on, let me. I need to shift around. I'm not comfortable. <laughs> Excuse me. Again, perfect, perfect production. Um, yeah. So the Crystal Maze was a game show um, in the UK uh, in the early nineties. Um, so it was basically four zones that people had to compete through to win a crystal. The crystals represented the amount of time to collect tickets at the end in the crystal dome, um, and the amount of tickets they collected basically could win a prize. So each zone had a theme. Uh, there was a team of six, normally made up of three men and three women, um, all adults. Um, I think I think it was I think you had to be like over sixteen and under forty for some reason. I'm guessing it was because like some of the games were physical, um, and yeah, it was just. It was just such a good game, and the the actual um, format of it um, when it originally came out, it was kind of like nothing I'd ever seen as a kid. Um, really, really high quality sets, these taxing games that you have to play to win a crystal, and then some of the prizes are really good. I mean, looking back, I've seen them now, and looking, I think at the time as a kid, I was like, "Oh, that's a pretty cool prize," but looking back, I'm less enthused. But yeah, so. Basically, um, the contestants had to compete to win. So there was some sort of puzzle game. Uh, and they managed to normally get about two or three puzzles in each zone. And then whatever whatever crystals they collected basically counted. Each crystal was five seconds of time in the crystal dome. And they had to collect tickets. And they had to collect as many gold tickets as they could. But there was also silver tickets mixed in. So if they indeed collected a silver ticket, that was deducted. Then deducted off the um, off of the gold total. So say they, they collected like hundred gold but fifty silver, the total gold would be fifty. Uh, and I think they had to collect ninety nine or more to to get the prize. Um, might have been a hundred or more. Can't quite remember. Um, I've just watched one, so I should bloody remember because I've literally just finished watching one. Um. But yeah, it, it must have been a massive, massive set. It was set in Shepparton Studios, um, and 
I'm just on Wikipedia now. Yeah, it was a, a 30,000 30, square foot or 2,800 meter square studio, which is pretty bloody impressive, really. Um, the first presenter of the show, which is someone that I actually thought had created it in my brain. I don't know why, as a kid, I thought that he had came up with the idea or produced it or had something to do with it. But turns out, after reading a quick bit on Wikipedia, it seems like he was just the presenter. So that was Richard O'Brien of uh, Rocky Horror fame. So he was a brilliant host on it. And very theatrical, played his harmonica. And it was, it was quite uh, curt sometimes with the, with the contestants and, and kind of said what you were thinking in some sense. And uh, because sometimes the contestants weren't great uh, and sometimes the puzzles were quite obvious and they didn't win. And I think Richard O'Brien used to get a little bit like, are you kidding me? Why, why did you not win? That was pretty easy. Um, so yeah, I, I, it, it, it amuses me a little bit that, that, uh, he was the way he was, but I think it was just his personality as well. I don't think that was acting or anything. I think that's just, I think that's just how he was. So yeah, so Richard O'Brien was, was the first host and, um, the show started in 1990, which makes me feel really old. Cause it means I was like seven or eight years old when I was watching this and probably really why I have amazing memories of it because I think when you're a kid, like things always seem so much better than they do when you're an adult. You have all this wonder and um, you get so involved and engrossed in things. Um, and did I get engrossed with Crystal Maze? It was one of the things that me and my brother really, really enjoyed together as well. And we, we'd watch it avidly together and really bonded over it, which was, which was rare because he's like five and a half years older than me. So there wasn't many things when I was really young. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I just took a drink and it's gone down the wrong hole. Um, there's not many things that um we really bonded over. Um, and this this show was one of them. We we used to sit and watch, it and I think it was, I feel like it was on on a Sunday night. I feel like it was like a Sunday evening show. Um, maybe wrong. I don't think it really says on this Wikipedia page when it was when it was actually aired. It just says the dates. Uh, it doesn't really give times, which is annoying because I I would really like to know when it was on. Um. But yeah, it was created by the same people who did Fort Beard, uh, if anyone remembers that show. Which I used to watch, but not it didn't really enthrall me as much as, as Crystal Maze. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so Richard O'Brien was the first person to do it. He did it for about three years, three series. Um, and I loved him. I had no idea uh, that he was of Rocky Horror fame. I'm sure my mum and dad knew who he was and... Um, and what what he was about and stuff. I I, I literally had no idea that he was of of the Rocky Horror uh, Picture Show fame, and um, he was just a cool presenter to me. I liked I liked his style and liked how he how he acted and yeah. Um, he left again. I I always thought it was like he left under a cloud or I don't, I don't know. Why I was young, I, I, you hear these things, don't you? I always presumed he'd left because he'd had a dispute or sold the show or something like that but apparently it wasn't his show to sell anyway but apparently he moved to california and that's why he stopped doing it so uh who knew um and then the guy guy took over uh, ed tudor pole um and I, I he did it for a couple of years and you know what he was all right he was all right um try, i think he was trying to be like a doctor who kind of character though because he was always referring to time travel as far as I can remember. And I don't know. There was there was like kind of like some some sci-fi hints and stuff. So I think that's why I didn't really hate him, but I, I really missed Richard O'Brien. 
I felt like he was trying to imi- imitate Richard O'Brien to a degree. Um, but yeah, I just I never really I never really gelled with 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 Ed. Um, but I still watched it because I still loved the show and I still liked the whole style of the show and I still really appreciated what it was about. Um, yeah, it was just just a cracking show. So basically, again, if you've never seen it, so these these four zones. So they go to the first zone, and each zone had a had a theme. So in the first series, there was um, Aztec, which I think which I think is the only one that's lasted the entire one. Actually, I don't think Aztec's the one that's ever been taken away. Uh, Aztec, industrial, futuristic, and medieval. And then the industrial one got flipped out after a couple of series to Ocean World or o- the Ocean Liner. Uh, which was like a sunken ship, but basically industrial was basically it looked like it was a chemical plant or an industrial building kind of thing. Um, and the themes were really good on these. Like Aztec World was all sand and and like sand sculptures, and the and all the games were, were themed around that as well. Same with industrial; everything was big, heavy metal, blah blah blah. Futuristic, um, again, it looked like a starship kind of thing. And there was a computer that he used to talk to and um, have a bit of banter with every time he turned up and. Um, and then there was Medieval, and that's where Mumsy was. Uh, so Mumsy and Auntie, but I think they were played by the same person. Um, and she was like a fortune teller, um, or or, or ask you a riddle, um, to get a, to get a crystal. So these four different worlds, and in each world, I've just read on Wikipedia. Actually, I didn't realize that in, in in early days of it, they used to play a few more games. So I think it was just basically if there was enough time, they'd they'd rush through them. Um, whereas it went it went to like a certain they did thirteen games, so one one of the areas they did three games, and all the others. Well, one of the areas they did four games, all the others they did three. So that's how it changed. And then there was different, um, different um, games to play. So there was like, was it skill, physical, mental? I can't remember the other one. I'm sure, there was four four different types of quiz like quiz puzzle things to choose from. Physical I bet you were all shouting at me now. Physical, skill, mental. Maybe there was three. I don't know. Really annoyingly it doesn't really say on this Wikipedia page as far as I can see what um what the themes were. You know, what each one was. Hmm. Oh yes. So, yeah, so they used to play these games anyway. I don't want to explain this very well. So, four zones, three games in each zone to win a crystal. So, pretty much you could you could win, you know, quite a lot of time. I mean, you could you could technically get like a minute or so in the crystal mate in in the crystal dome at the end. Um, which was in the center, well, on the map on the screen it showed you it was in the center. So, you got four quarters basically and then the very center was the crystal dome. Probably wasn't set out like that in reality in the studio, was it? I'm sorry to burst that bubble for you, and for myself. So, yeah, they 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 used to play these games, and they win a crystal. But it was watching them trying to win the crystals. I think was the best bit because sometimes the games were really simple, and I don't know if it was just because we had the perspective of like the cameras and and the different views, and obviously they would show you the hints and stuff on screen. But sometimes the games were really really quite simple, and they couldn't do it. Like the one I was watching tonight, there was literally a time zone. Like a map of the world, and it was different time zone. It give you like what Greenwich Mean Time was, and then all you have to do is like add in the plus or minus times, which to me is pretty bloody easy. It's just simple arithmetic. And there was a teacher that was doing it, and she couldn't do it. She didn't. She failed. 
Like she couldn't add three and a half hours onto quarter to five, which I don't understand. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it's it was sometimes the encouragement and stuff from the from the other the other players that used to really really get me because just just watching it tonight reminded me like they'll, they'll they'd say stupid things like um do better like stuff like that like it was like well obviously you got you're gonna you're gonna try to win a crystal um it, like it d- didn't make any sense some of the, some of the encouragement and it sometimes you know they'd be like try harder or or you're doing well like a bit of just a bit of encouragement in general or they'd be like. On a game that was requiring them to go fast, they'd be like, "Can you go faster?" And it was like, "What?" Yeah, it was quite, um, quite uh, interesting watching some of the advice and stuff. And I think sometimes they couldn't even hear you. And on some of the, like in the futuristic world, the industrial, I think it was difficult for the contestant in the puzzle room to actually hear what they were saying. So sometimes they, they seemed like they were ignoring them. Maybe they were, I don't know, but it seemed like they were ignoring them sometimes, which made made it funnier. And then the presenters, like Richard O'Brien, would be very much like, they don't know what you're saying, you have to actually go and shout it to them. Um, and each game was timed, so I think it was like two minutes, two and a half minutes, or three minute games, depending on like, the complexity and, and all that. And if you didn't actually get out of the room at the time limit, with or without Crystal, you got locked in, and then it cost a Crystal to buy someone out, which was like an extra twist in the game, that you know if someone was like too engrossed, you weren't keeping an eye on the clock, because each area... Um, that, that like Richard O'Brien would tell them and give them a time check, uh, but he would never tell them the countdown. So if they said he, he'd sometimes say right, there's ten seconds left, but he would never count it down. So there it was up to them to try and count ten seconds down, um, and it was quite intense. If they were like right at the cusp of winning the crystal, would they take the risk and try and get the crystal or get locked in? And he, he was quite tough actually with locking people in. Um. And each each area had its own way of, of of monitoring the time. So in the futuristic world, it was like a digital clock. Industrial, it was like an analog uh, stopwatch timer kind of thing, like a ticking down stopwatch. Uh, Aztec world was like water clock. Um, medieval was like an hourglass, and uh, the ocean was like a, an analog clock as well, like a some sort of like depth, like depth. Um, think of the word. Um, it looked like a depth bloody um, thing, but it was a clock. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Brain's not working. It's been a long day of doing nothing. Um, yeah, so they'd, they'd go around one of these four worlds, and then they'd try and get try and get to the Crystal Dome. And you get some teams that do really, really well, and they, they you know they wouldn't get anyone locked in really, really well. And they'd go to the Crystal Dome with like eight eight crystals. They'd have like um, what, forty seconds of time if my maths is right. Um, and then they they still wouldn't win, like you know. And yet you get other teams that were, were just really good at collecting the tickets. Apparently, um, the prizes, the prizes. Like I always remember remember the prizes being reasonably good. And having just read up on Wikipedia, it said in the first couple of series they all cho- could choose choose their own prize. Um, and there was some sort of boob like booby prize or backup prize or something. Um, I don't really recall that, so I'll have to watch some episodes I think to recall, but. I remember the team getting a prize, so it's like a shared prize. Apparently, that came about from like series three or four, um, where the whole team competed for a joint agreed prize, like an adventure weekend away or something like that. Which I always thought sounded crap. Like you'd want, I'd want my own prize. Um, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what the value value would be for for an individual prize versus a a group prize. I, I'm, I'm guessing these people didn't know each other as well, so that was that was always the thing that got me. It's like they always seem like. 
the contestants were just randomly chosen. So if you've got a shared prize with like five other people that you don't really know, yeah, fair enough, you've done a couple of days filming with them, filming this TV show, but how much of a good time are you going to have? Like, you don't want to go away with your own mates, or you don't want to win something for you that you could use with your own mates, or, you know, I don't know. For me, it didn't seem, I don't know, it didn't seem great. But anyway, they got to the Crystal Dome, and uh, I used to love Richard O'Brien, because he, he, he used to be really enthusiastic and be like, to the Crystal Dome, and they all sort of peg it through the bloody worlds, and all very dramatic, and that music, that theme music would play, and he'd get there, and he'd give them the brief and say, right, you know, got to raise the drawbridge, and these, this bridge used to come up because the, the crystal was a big, massive, big, massive, like, basically plastic crystal. Um, it says on Wikipedia it was, like, five metres in diameter, um, and it was surrounded by a moat, so he'd press this button, and this little bridge would come up, and then he'd open one little door, little triangles as the door, and they'd all go in, and he'd blow his whistle to start, and he'd blow his whistle when the, and when, when the time was up, and he'd have all the crystals on a little table in front of him, like the little plinth table. And as the time was counting down, the lights would go out under the crystals to show that how much time was left. And then he'd blow his whistle and it was like, have they done it? Have they done it? And I always remember that they never really won very often. It was a thing that, I, mean, I don't know how many times people actually won, but I always remember like thinking, like, no one ever wins on this game show. Like, or it was very rare when someone wins, but it's, you know, it'd be very rare. Or you'd, or you'd, you'd be like, you've done fantastically well. You've collected. 200 gold, and they're like, yeah, but unfortunately you've collected 150 silver. Um, and then, irrespective of if they won or not, they'd always get a crystal as well that said, I cracked the crystal dome. And if they had failed, they'd normally make a little quip about them, or well, that etching's wrong, technically, and all this. So, yeah, it was just a fantastic show. Like, and I think it didn't translate for me when they brought it back. They did. They brought it back for like a stand-up to cancer special uh, about eight years ago, seven or eight years ago. And I watched it. It was with Stephen Merchant, like, and I like Stephen Merchant, but he's no Richard O'Brien, and it was all right. It was fun to have it back for a bit, but you know, for one episode, and but it just made me wish that the original one was coming back. And then it's done a few more series with um, um, Richard. Um, I don't know how you say sin, and Richard Iota, uh, the guy from I think he was he from the It crowd, uh, from the IT crowd. Um, yeah, and I, I watched part of one of them, and I, I, it just was seemed really corny to me. And I don't know if the, the original one was a bit corny, but I don't know. Um, and I quite like him. I don't know whether I could get on with it. Maybe I'll have to go back and try and try it again. Maybe I'll have to give it a second viewing, because the premise of the show is brilliant. And I say I'd never really liked Ed Tudor Paul that much, but I could get past it, because the show was so good. So maybe I would have to give Richard a try again. And maybe watch a few just to see what I think because God, it's a good show. And there's a live experience you can do in Manchester, which I've kind of tried to look into, but it doesn't really give you much detail. It kind of implies that it's the same show, but compressed into a few hours. And you go and have like a a, a, a Crystal Maze esque experience, which I suppose would be pretty cool. But I don't know. It, it seems quite expensive, especially when you when you get a lot of people like. I think it's about 70 or 80 quid a person. So, you know, it's quite pricey. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do actually own a crystal from the Crystal Maze that my mate bought me uh, for Christmas, I think it was. It was either a Christmas present or a birthday present a few years ago. Uh, so I, I do actually technically own one, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, um, one, let's say. 
And it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool little thing. It's I think it's a it's an official one as well. They they released them to buy. A little uh little collectible. But yeah, that's the Crystal Maze. Um do you remember it? Do you have fond memories of it? Did you like Ed Cheetah Pole? Do you like the reboot? That's the big thing. Should I watch it? Let me know. Should I am I making a mistake by not giving it a chance? Um but yeah, I just had to chat about about that. Um just uh I just love that show so much. Um yeah, I think that's all I wanted to say about it, really. So, thank you very much for listening. Um, if you're new to the podcast, thanks very much for sticking with that. And I'll speak to you all soon. You've been listening to Stephen Speak the Podcast. Thanks for listening to my unscripted prattle on everything and nothing. Visit stephenspeak.com for updates, information, and my blog. You can follow more updates on social media at stephenspeakpc. Thanks very much, and I'll speak to you soon.